Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into episode number 150, the big celebration of the Get Around podcast. Somehow that means we've made it like over three years worth of podcasts, 150, joining me via telephone, FaceTime, Zoom, some virtual way, who are normally sitting next to me. I feel lonely. James Cook, Andrew Rosenthal. Hello, guys. Hey, coming from Central Time Zone and Illinois. I'm, I'm so isolated from Traverse City that you'd have to drive six hours just for me to be anywhere near six feet to you. Me, me and James are staring at each other through a piece of glass, but I kind of, I think I'm kind of the one who's in prison right now being inside of the podcast room now. Welcome to your own hell. <laughs> hey, no, this is, this is my favorite place to be, here in the Good Around Podcast Studio, talking to our listeners, chatting with these guys. We have a great episode for you guys today. You know, I thought it was cool because for the first time in like eight months, we actually got to interview people face-to-face in some way. Yeah, some way, shape, or form. Uh, this like might we, actually... we, didn't have, we didn't have people over the phone. We actually had them on FaceTime. Yeah, this might actually be a new way to do it going forward with our guest interviewers we hopefully we can all get back in the studio together but nonetheless we are trying something new trying something virtual as 2020 has been for episode 150 everybody is calling in remotely so please excuse us if the audio is maybe a little bit less quality than it normally is are you trying to grow a beard me yeah i i, I think you're just noticing it because it's been like i don't know a week or so since I've shaved. It's been like nine months since you've actually seen him in person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that high quality iPhone camera. We're getting way too off topic here. We have a great episode for you guys today, a long one. We have two great guest interviews today. Uh, we've kind of done this with our you know, big episodes, uh, but today it's an important one. We actually skipped last week uh, because of us being out of town and kind of waiting for 150, and then all of a sudden sports shut down. So in turn, we have the MHSA assistant director, Cody Inglis back on with us here at the Get Around for the third time uh, for another update on what the MHSA is doing with sports after this pause or this shutdown. Uh, we have Traverse City Central senior lineman and basketball player Carson Briggs joining us. The Western Michigan-bound football player had a lot to say about how he's staying sh- sharp during quarantine, what the Trojans are preparing like, and kind of what it's been like for our student athletes uh, who have once again had part of their season taken away from them so make sure you stick around for those interviews we're going to chat a lot more about the sports shutdown today and the repercussions of what it may do some of the situations that could pan out make sure you listen to the interview with cody he had a lot to say about what the mhsaa is doing for the students across the state at the end of the episode we're going to tell you guys what we're thankful for in the trifecta it is thanksgiving week and it's always good to reflect and see what we're grateful for, especially because we can't actually be together for the first time in however long. I want to know what you guys are thankful for. And we ask that you guys, our listeners, somehow respond to us and tell us what you're thankful for this week on Twitter. Whenever you see the podcast, reply, retweet, uh, quote tweet, you know, put it in the comments, something that you're thankful for. And you're going to be entered in to win our big giveaway for episode 150 and that is four Jimmy John's subs, so a whole family worth of subs for just liking, sharing, interacting with our podcast and uh, telling us what you're thankful for. We would love to hear. Um, hopefully you're thankful for us and what we do, but we're thankful for you nonetheless. So make sure you stick around for that, and we'll do a little bit more into the chatter that matters about just a couple of questions I have for these guys about the winter and spring sports seasons that are coming up. Now, before we get into anything, I have to give James a little bit of crap and... You'll hear more about it later, but we, we are. There was a weird snafu in fantasy football this week that uh, basically ESPN said, "Yeah, Taysom Hill, who is you know normally kind of like a utility player, 
for the New Orleans Saints is starting a quarterback, but he can start at tight end. James is the slug that woke up at 6 o'clock on Thursday morning and picked him up in every one of his ESPN leagues and proceeded to play him in the tight end spot, and which I would assume probably won him three out of four of those games. I won all four. You're a slug. <laughs> it's horrible. Well, the first, uh, def- the first effect... And, and, a cor- and a correction, it wasn't Thursday. I had the foresight to sign Taysom Hill on, like, Tuesday in all those leagues, like, foresight. right after Drew Brees got hurt. Foresight. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. James knows exactly <laughs> when free agency even opens up in most of these leagues. He's that addicted to it. Like, most people, like, they got up at, probably got up at 5 in the morning when they lost to it. There goes James slapping his arm, like, injected into my veins. <laughs> I I'm not kidding. I and my one of my best friends, James, and this I have to say the same thing to you. One of my best friends in the world. He did this. He tried to pull the same sly thing. I mean, our quarterback scoring is way outrageous, so it's just not acceptable. But I told him that he wasn't a man if he had to do that. I said, if your team wasn't good enough to play the tight end that you had, that you had to try to weasel in a quarterback in your tight end spot, you ain't much of a fantasy football player now, are you? I guess James over here thinks about it a little differently. Defend yourself or something. I don't think that it actually made the difference in any of my leagues because I won, uh, let's see, by 40 and by 70. (laughs) And uh, so I don't think it actually made the difference. And in a bunch of the leagues, I benched Mark Andrews to put Taysom Hill in there, and Andrews had a pretty decent game and actually would have scored like 14, 15 points. Exactly. So if you had just stuck the course, you wouldn't have been a little, you know what. (laughs) Oh, sorry. I just A little better off? (laughs) I, I had to give you as much crap because I definitely gave one of my best friends an extreme amount of not like, especially because he took over as commissioner in that football league from me this year. I was like, you are about to get slack and a half. <laughs> so, fellas, professional sports are still going on, but as I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, we you know we have a pause on sports till at least December 9th. We haven't had a chance to discuss this, so before we get into our interview with Cody Inglis, that's kind of get us more in-depth and kind of get you guys a better understanding I want us just to kind of lay out what we have right now. And right now is we're stopped all activity, all in-person activity for fall sports and winter sports. The fall sports that were remaining were football, volleyball, and girls swimming and diving. So that means that we have six football teams and two volleyball teams left in the hunt with Music and Cadillac on the volleyball side. Then we have Traverse City, St. Francis, Traverse City Central, Johannesburg, Lewiston, Cadillac, Grayling, and Sutton's Bay left in the football playoffs. The date for return or restart on this right now is December 9th. That's for when practice starts. And then basically, football competition and volleyball competition is set to resume on December 15th, one week later. Uh, They started on Monday, and then football games start Tuesday. Quarterfinals for volleyball would be that Tuesday, the 15th, and then volleyball finals would be that weekend, the 17th, the 18th, and the 19th. Football finals would extend into the Christmas break, where... Eight-player finals would be on the 21st or 22nd, Monday or Tuesday of Christmas. And then the following week is when 11-player finals will be at Ford Field, which is big news. They did announce that the finals are going to be played at Ford Field. That's hopefully the way that, uh, you know, it pans out. Fellas, I got to ask you, and we did a story on this, and we're going to talk a little bit more after the fact, but what's the optimism from our sports team that December 9th date is uh, a go? You know, I was working that Sunday night when uh, none of you guys were, but I was calling these coaches, and their first reaction was is that this feels a lot like the winter. They cut off the basketball playoffs right when it was getting to the good part, 
The girls never even really had a chance at a district final. But the difference was this time around, and Coach Sugars uh, from Trevor City Central said this, every, every each one of the 64 teams that is right now thinking, you know, are we going to get another game? Are, is our season over? They already have a trophy. And that includes Traverse City Central. And he doesn't really want to talk down anything about that. Coach um, Cody Mallory with Cadillac felt the same way. You know, he, he, he even went as far as telling his players, you know, our season's over. As far as we know, it, we're not, we're not going to play another game of football. But I want to say thank you to the coaches for the extra work they had to put in to make the season happen. To the assistants. To the everything we had to do to get masks on our players' helmets, you know that that took a lot of work and to get the kids nine games. I'm sure I'm sure that was just special in in and of itself. Grayling, Coach Eric Tunney, he told his players every single game, you know this could be our last. Coach uh, Garrett Gopi of Sutton's base, the same thing. You know we we talk all the time that sports are a po- some one of the reasons that we brought sports back is because they bring so much positive. There's it's so there's so many life lessons you can learn by playing sports and by playing football. I think this was one of them. And the coaches, they, they said we, we, we were kind of building that into our teams all season that, you know, this could be our last week and we're going to have to play every week of practice like it's, like it's that way. And that was their reaction that Sunday night. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, we've heard over and over again. I mean, it, feel, it, it isn't just this year. We usually hear from coaches, you know, one week at a time, one day at a time. You know, we're never knowing which day is your last. But that was really at the forefront for the 2020 season, I'm sure, especially for a lot of these seniors. Uh, the, the amount of you know effort and work that I'm sure they tossed extra on top of the, the limited time they had, I'm sure it made a big difference. I mean, James, what's the optimism like coming from your end? We had a lot of chance to talk to quite a few people. And if you ask me, it seems like the, the sport community is pretty optimistic, cautiously optimistic, as we've said, but pretty optimistic that something is going to happen here in the next month. Yeah, pretty cautious. I mean, the old saying of, you know, 1-0 and and 1-0 to go kind of turned into 1-0 and and maybe we play again. You know, I think, I think it was Joe Smokovich that said, you know, he thinks that it's 50-50 at best that they actually start up on time on December 9th. But I think uh, a 50% chance is more than I think what people thought we had of still being playing sports at this point of the year. So whatever you get, you got to enjoy. Yeah, and we're going to come back to this question here, you know, more or less, whatever you get, you want to enjoy. We're going to come back to that in the chat of that matter section that is going to separate our two interviews between Cody Inglis and uh, Carson Briggs. So what we're going to do is we're going to dive right in and let you guys hear straight from the MHSAA and Cody Inglis, their assistant director, on what's been going through their heads, especially after having shut down sports once again. So let's go ahead and give a listen to that first interview now. The Get Around Podcast is excited to welcome in the MHSAA's Cody Inglis joining us for the third time here on the Get Around to kind of talk about what's been going on in sports. Thank you so much for joining us today, Cody. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me again. I know that uh, we've been up through a lot with you guys in the last year. We're almost getting to that year point, but uh, we're back into the middle of a fall sports shutdown and a postponement of another uh, sports season. I know this is obviously nothing that's come easy for the MHSAA, but just to start off with with, with uh, the new orders, what is the optimism for the MHSAA for that December 9th start date as we sit right now before Thanksgiving? You know, I think there's optimism. I think it's cautious optimism, I would call it. And, and the cautiousness is as as I sit here and it pops up on my phone uh, when we have over the weekend 7,000 cases and 65 deaths. And I, I just think no matter how you feel about this, if it's political or not, it, it doesn't. the fact is you cannot look at those numbers and not be concerned. 
in my mind. And that absolutely, uh, from a human perspective, causes you to step back and say, what's really important in our lives right now? And, and we all know that sports for us, uh, school-based sports for, for, for many of us, is so critical and so important. But the reality is human life is, is at stake here. And um, that's part of the challenge of this. I, I also believe that we've got to do our part right now to be responsible citizens in this world to try to create some less risk for people that are going through life at risk or, or even not at risk. Everybody's at risk of this. And I think it's shown that it has no boundaries and, uh, and it's going to cause problems if we just let it, if we continue to ignore the, the severity of it. Cody, I first want to ask you about some of the things that have happened more recently. Um, the first with Pickford football team, how their school board voted to take them out of quarantine. The MHSA stepped in to cancel the game. And the second, this, there are, there are, number of other teams i'm sure around the state that were dealing with some of the same situations in kingsley they just showed up on the state's uh, outbreak dashboard in school today what kind of challenges have this presented to coaches and administrators and how has the mhsaa stepped in with it i, I think the challenges are real only because none of us have gone through this before right and and, and so the challenges are are literally there's no playbook for this there, there's no way that there's no rule that was written for a pandemic in our rule book or handbook and for administrators that are trying to challenge and juggle this each day, when you throw in the emotional side of this and you throw in the longer we go into a tournament and I experienced it, some of my fall sports with golf and cross country, those are difficult decisions when you have to pull a kid or a team from the state finals or a high level of tournament after they've gotten through everything that we've gotten through. And now you've got to make the decision to say, sorry, I got to pull you from this because of either a quarantine where they may not even be sick at all, yet they were exposed, or because of the reality of they actually have the virus. And even though they're not showing any symptoms, they could expose somebody else to it. And that that's not easy. Those are emotional decisions that have to be made by athletic directors and administrators and why people who have invested a lot of time, energy and money into this have to make a decision. And those are those are not those are not fun. They're just not fun to make. I I know those decisions are you know tough, and you guys kind of got ahead of the curve in the fall season back in August before the orders came out and everything, and kind of like dropped your own stuff and, and came out with those regulations. This time around, it seems like you know you guys are pushing and pushing and pushing, and then the, the order came out, and then you had to kind of shut it down, more or less kind of forced by the state. What is the threshold for you guys that you make that decision on your own um, before the state had to mandate it? I mean, was it more or less you guys were just trying to wear it as thin as possible because you were dead in the middle of the postseason? Yeah, I, I think there's a certain reality to that, right? It, it, we wanted to get through this. Our main concern after we started was we are going to try to get through this. We want some semblance of a culmination of the season for kids once we started. And the fact of the matter is we showed that it could happen in sports uh, like soccer and, and like cross country and like golf. Those sports that we got done, we could do in a safe way, in a responsible way with care and common sense and do it the right way. The reality is we know how it feels. I know how it feels firsthand. I was at USA Hockey Arena at, during the shutdown of the winter last March, and I had to go on buses and tell teams, sorry, your season's over. And in my heart, I know that that season was over and they weren't playing again. And the reality is that feeling still lingers with all of us here that do school sports, that we don't want to have to make that decision again 
and that determination for teams that their season is going to be over. And it's this isn't something go back and do again. Once it's done, it's done. They will never, ever be able to go play high school football again for any senior. And that that's not fun. A high school volleyball player can't come back postgraduate and play volleyball. And, and I think those things linger with us as driving forces to do this responsibly, to do this in a way that we can do it safely. And we believe we've shown we can. That's the, that's our push. We also, though, can't ignore government orders or health and human service orders, governor's orders, whatever we want to call it. it it's an order that we have to follow. We don't get a choice as, as a, even though we're not associated with the government, we don't get a choice to, to like we say to schools all the time. I don't, I don't always agree with all the rules I have to enforce. I don't get a choice to pick and choose which ones I like. Mm-hmm. And those are the ones I can enforce. This is one of those I don't like all the time that I have to tell coaches and kids and parents, sorry, you can't play, but it's the reality that we're in. What was the, uh, the I guess, the progression uh, or that went into all the decision with the, with the Pickford case in particular? Well, I, I think for the Pickford case, I, I, because I wasn't involved directly into it, I can speak in generalities, but in vagueness. But the, the reality was that the school board was operating under a certain amount of facts that they had at their disposal. And I think it all, like anything in life, comes down to communication. And I think once the school board and the health department of Chippewa County connected, there was a better understanding of what was going on. I think there was some uh, differences of opinion on who exactly, how we were defining things, right? Were we defining things on uh, potential exposures, actual exposures, quarantines? I think once they got on the same page with those things, I do believe that it was handled correctly by the school. And that's what we would expect from a school. And in this case, I believe ultimately the right decision was made and they handled things as difficult as it was the correct way. Okay. So they, so they changed their mind. I thought, or did the MHSA have to step in and kind of we, do it for them? We stepped in and had conversations. I'll, I'll leave okay. it at that. We, we, ultimately <laughs> we would ask our schools to make the proper uh, decision on issues like this. We had conversations with them and reminded them of the right rules and regulations related to this and that's when ultimately that decision was made. Were you were you guys were you prepared to have to do that in the Kingsley thing too? Because the school board had voted the night before to to play the game. I think that ultimately the decision was reached by the Kingsley administration, and it was mm-hmm. done the correct way. We we didn't have to get there, thankfully. And I would tell mm-hmm. you that the administration at Kingsley couldn't have handled it better. And again, as difficult as that was. Have you had to step in in any other game in any school around the state prior to uh, this, uh, the weekend prior to this? I think the the stepping in, I would categorize it as discussions. We've had plenty of discussions, and those discussions are usually reminders, and usually let's make sure we're doing the right thing and following the rules and regulations that we have all agreed to. And that means using some common sense here as it relates to what the actual, what's going on. What are the facts related to this? Not operating in generalities, not operating in maybes. What are the facts? And if the facts say this, you have to follow this. If the facts say this, then you have some. The other thing is, I think it's important to note that these are medical decisions. These are health and human services. These are health departments that make the decisions. That's what our rules say. It's not, it's not non-medical people like the MHSA stepping in and saying, all we're doing is trying to make sure that rules and regulations are followed, which means go to the health 
professionals. Mm -hmm. That's ultimately where we're at right now. Now, one thing that we talked about previously with you on this podcast was, you know, um, you know, maybe being a little bit worried about athletes or parents exiting the MHSA or looking for other ways to go when you guys are doing these type of things. Have you, what type of pushback have you heard from parents and players and have you seen that yet? I feel like basketball might be where you might see that switch because there are a lot more teams that kind of do that. But have you seen anything like that um, in this time, especially since we've shut down again? I think there's been some anecdotal evidence of that occurring. I think especially in the uh, non-school sport world and I think uh, further downstate, uh, I think when kids have the opportunities and parents have the opportunities to go to Indiana or Ohio or Wisconsin who don't have the same restrictions that we're under right now, I think some of them have absolutely taken advantage of those opportunities because of where they live. And that gives them an opening uh, to pursue the non-school sporting world right now. Essentially, we knew with our decision that, that this was going to cause essentially a six-week non-school season in some of our winter sports that had opportunities in other states. The fact of the matter is that in some of our, our indoor sports uh, right now, there's just in Michigan, there are not opportunities because of the way the order is written. The order is written with an understanding that these indoor facilities like bowling centers and ice rinks and some of these bigger facilities downstate have to be closed. And, and it's very clear, which I, again, I think this three week pause is what we're after. What do we see after three weeks is, is the goal of all this. And, it, and we'll know whether or not th these absolutely have all been followed through or not. We don't think it's wise for teams to, or schools or individuals to go to Ohio or Indiana to play. And we told them that. We tell them that every day. But ultimately, parents, as we know, are going to make decisions what they believe to be in the best interest of their kids if they're allowed. And by rule, there's nothing within our rules that says an individual can't go to Indiana or Ohio to find non-school playing opportunities. With the delay of the winter season obviously we're cutting off just a few weeks about a month of the of the winter sports season what's the attitude with the mhsaa would you guys i mean we've already seen post seasons for you know the last two sports seasons basically get cut off or really three but w w is the attitude more we would rather postpone as long as possible and finish a season or is it like we want to get everybody on the court because it needs to be done and then we're going to just roll with the punches I think the attitude, I, I, would, I would put it in order of preferences to get the fall sport tournaments done, number one, for football, volleyball, and girls swimming and diving. Those, those need to get done, and that's our main focus right now is to ensure that these kids have some culmination of their season. And I, I think that's where number one preference would be. Number two is to start winter sports in, in a time frame that allows a completion of their season with an attitude that we're not going to start something if we don't believe we can finish it, honestly. The attitude is we want to get something started so that we can ultimately have a culmination. Here's the other, the third preference and the other reality of this. We showed for outdoor fall sports that we could do this safely and responsibly. That bodes well for spring sports. Mm -hmm. No matter if we're still in the pandemic or not, we have a vaccine or not, the reality is we believe spring sports are looking good right now, and that's a good thing. The other reality is winter sports, because of the indoor nature besides downhill skiing, causes some, some realities that are not, not good. Mm -hmm. And the, the, If you look at the pandemic and how it spreads, it's indoors, and, and that is going to be a challenge. It doesn't mean that we don't believe it can be done safely because we can. I believe we can do it safely, but it may have to be with some severe limitations on things like spectators on things like number of teams, 
on things like geographic travel, those things that we kind of suggested in the fall may have to actually become the rule to, to in order to, for winter sport indoor competitions to occur. Now, I I don't want to be this pessimistic, but I have to ask for our listeners, what is the situation in which none of this happens? Like, does this, it, this, this just worsens and worsens to a point? I mean, is it... I mean, winter sports, like you said, are very, they seem like they're a very, uh, I don't want to put dangerous in the word of our listeners, but like, it seems like it's a tough, a tough ask with wrestling. And yeah. like you said, everything. High contact. Into, exactly. With basketball, wrestling, <clears throat> it seems hockey. It seems like it's kind of, you know, a higher risk season, as you said. What's the situation in which you guys kind of have to pull the plug on this? Well, I think there's always a, a situation where you have to consider the worst case scenario, which is we do every day here. As much as we don't want to do that, we want to make sure that, that we're prepared for anything. And if there's anything that this has taught us is we need to be prepared for that. And, and I hate using the words over and over as much as I have, but the flex being flexible and being nimble and all those and adjusting, we do that every day around here. It's literally day by day, hour by hour. And in terms of what we're prepared to do, we have to be prepared to do that is make the the unfortunate call if indeed it gets to that point. And we would again rely upon our medical professionals to help guide us there. That that's not something we would work in isolation on. We wouldn't decide that and just say unilaterally, yep, we're done. We would obviously be restricted on some things that we have with things like venues and schools and leagues and conferences and schedules and the timing of these decisions. But ultimately, our whole goal here is to try to get some sense of a season in for these kids using some care and caution and common sense. Now, just not even just in terms of medical professionals, but say for like the MHSAA, do you guys have you guys discussed I'm sure there's not a concrete number, but have you guys discussed the threshold of say, you know, we're in the middle of the winter sports season and we have 220 games canceled by coronavirus and 35 teams who have experienced outbreaks is even if it's not technically, I guess, mandated by the state or if there's a percent positive here, there is there a threshold that you guys have talked about where it's like whatever we're doing here, if that was to happen, we'd have to stop it on our own, you know? I, I don't think there's a threshold. We haven't talked about that threshold at least yet. Um, I would tell you that, that that would be on our radar. That would be something that we'd have to look at. And we have, have, in fact, even before this pause in action, I'll call it, we had restarted, if you remember, winter sports with limited spectators, even though we are allowed to have more. So we made that decision on our own to go back to no more than two spectators per participant with understanding that we needed to reset it a little bit. We're even prepared to go back and say, you know what, to get this started out, even to complete fall sports, it might mean zero spectators in some way so that we can figure out how to get this done. Everything's on the table right now because we want to try in whatever way possible to get this done. What would be some of the, or some of the scenarios that you guys have, have looked at um, aside from the obvious one of, you know, that everything can start on time like, like we hope, you know, that it will be on December 9th. What are some of the uh, alternative scenarios for if that can't happen? Well, I think the next meeting is December 4th of the Representative Council. That was a previously scheduled meeting, and that's our normal December meeting. It just happened to fall on that weekend or that Friday. That will be a key point in determining the following two things. One, what do our winter sport tournament scenarios look like? Meaning, if A, then when does the tournament finish? 
meaning if it's December 9th, if it's January 4th, as is currently forecast, if it's January 15th, if it's January 30th, what can we do to get some done something done safely for a regular season and then a culmination of the season? If that means a, a very short and regular season, I think there's some reality to that, that we're going to have to do that. And I think there's got to be an understanding of that. I, I think, again, going back to the, the preference, it's fall sports first, then winter sports. And if winter sports is a reduced, let's make sure that winter sports at least gets a tournament of some kind. We need to throw everything at the table here. And I think that, that everything at the wall and see what sticks, essentially. When you talk about a shortened regular season in winter sports, is that kind of learning from the fact that you had a, as, a kind of a long, as long of a regular season as you could have had in football and a shortened, fo- and a shortened postseason? Yeah, I, I think we definitely learned some things from the fall, and uh, it, that helped us. Uh, I, I think it also made us realize that that we've got to try whatever we can to get things in with an understanding that's not going to be the same. I think people, if there's grasp of people, what they have in mind is that they understand that this isn't the same as normal. They want something rather than nothing. We've operated from the mindset we have nothing right now. Mm-hmm. Let's build from there into something and and it doesn't it, it it's it, that's helped me at least uh, internally handle this instead of operating from the mindset of let's begin with the end and then operate backwards and see how we can shrink things down no we need to operate opposite that we have nothing we have nothing and let's try to build with something with the understanding that anything is better than nothing and i think that's that's helped me personally handle this and i think that's been what i've been trying to to reach out to my coaches in, in my sports to try to send that message as well. You just mentioned, you know, anything can happen. And say the, the fall sports postseason, is that spring football still like an option on the table, giving say three, four months off in the middle of football season and then re- resuming with the 64 teams that you have left? I, I Again, I think anything's possible. I, I, I have learned to not throw anything out, but the reality is that's not a number one uh, plan. Uh, the reality is uh, number one plan is to finish it before the new year. Um, and, and I think that's the desire of us here. The, the reality is I don't believe in, in living in Northern Michigan for 20 years, you could realistically play football past the new year until uh, at least March. And that's even pushing it most years. And so now what do you do? Well, how do you not impact spring sports? We've already lost spring sport athletes reminding ourselves they know they lost the whole year. How do we not impact their season anymore yet have some culmination to the season? I'm not sure there's a good answer to that, uh, but those are some things that we're trying to put pen to paper right now and figure it out, meaning it actually pencil to paper so we can erase it. Yeah. So so do any of those scenarios involve uh, having quarterbacks eligible to be a tight end? <laughs> <laughs> I, I won't even go there, Mr. Cook. I would just say well played. I'm not sure that uh, it fits the spirit and intent of the tight end position to have Taysom Hill play tight end. Coming straight from the administrators of sporting organizations. Well, at I least I wasn't I playing you this week. This is true. But you know what? That's, that's the beautiful thing is that even he sees it when you're not playing. So I will be forever indebted to James Cook because the year that I could not draft, he drafted for me and won me my first 
ever fantasy football league title. Oh, and Lord. I have forever indebted to James Cook because of that. <laughs> the, J- the James so Cook auto draft. I cannot push this too far. The James Cook <laughs> auto draft. The old James Cook auto draft. All right, Cody. Well, thank you so much for joining us. It's always a pleasure having you on, chatting about our uh, athletes across the state. And we wish you and the MHSA the best of luck over the next few weeks figuring out what we're going to do. Thanks, guys. Hang in there. Be well. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Another huge thank you to Cody for coming by for the third time to kind of help our listeners understand exactly what's going on behind the scenes. I know it's very much helped us kind of ex- understand exactly what's gone into these decisions and how, how tough these decisions are. That interview sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Order a tasty sandwich today with the Jimmy John's app. I want to dive into our Chatter That Matters section, gentlemen, and obviously this is all that's going to dominate our podcast today is just the talk about the sports shutdown and what it means for our athletes, what it means for our coaches, what it means for these teams. And just to start off with, um, you, you kind of mentioned this up earlier. The question I'm going to start off with is, and Cody mentioned this in the interview you just listened to, they want, they're, they're building from nothing, and they believe that you know something is better than nothing. And whatever they can do, however they can do it, it it's, it's better than having absolutely nothing. I want to ask you guys basically that same question. Is it all worth it? If all the work you have never gets finished, if there is no culmination, what is it like? I understand for some of these football teams, you know, a lot of them have their district championship trophies or they have, you know, what uh, most teams, you know, there's only what, six, seven teams throughout the state who could say they, they ended the year on a win. That means they won a state championship. I mean, we're sitting at 64 or 70 teams. What type of attitude does that bring out um, when you get to the end of something and you don't get to finish it. I, I just feel like that's a tough realization, especially for a lot of young kids uh, and athletes that are, are, are that we cover. Yeah, it's weird yeah. Because, because like in years past, everyone prepares for a state championship. You don't prepare for a regional championship. You don't prepare for a district championship because that's how you're just presumed to think the season is going to end. And then one of the crazy parts about the playoffs is you can lose in that regional final or, losing that state semifinal and think you just you, you came up short because you were thinking about states all along um it's i i, I don't know like I, I don't think many teams have thought about just how far they've actually gotten or the you know having a f- strong enough regular season to the point that where they get the number one seed in the playoffs or that they host a district final or that they wanted they won tro- a trophy that's going to be put up in their school's briefcase you know i, I think back to me football won a playoff game for the first time in school history because the state's postseason rules allowed for that to happen. And they, they knew the significance of it. And then they just got destroyed by Gaylord St. Mary the week after in a game that you were at. But, you know, I don't know. It, it, that's just, this postseason is going to be a weird one for a lot of people. But do you think it takes them, basically, James, I mean, do you think it takes anything away from what they've done? I, I You kind of said it earlier that you think <laughs> whatever you can get, you can get. But mm-hmm. is it almost like you, you've – you want to start something with knowing, not knowing you can finish it. I mean, at the beginning of the season, you were, you know, when we were going around to doing camps and talking to players and coaches, uh, the one thing I kind of heard over and over again was, you know, we're going to, we're going to play how many ever games we're able to play. You know, I think people were bracing at the beginning of the season for only being able to play maybe three or four games and then having another shutdown or, you know, having sports shut down completely again, not being able to play a full season. There was other coaches who were just saying, you know, if we can just get our conference in conference games in, we'll be completely happy, you know, and stuff. And 
you know, I think even in a regular season, um, if you look at a team that goes 0-9 in football, if you ask those kids if they would go and do it over again, they would probably say, heck yes, even if you knew we were going to be 0-9. So I think it's just getting to play those games means so much, oftentimes regardless of the outcome. And, you know, these games get more and more important, you know, depending on how good you are, how good you think you can go and all that. But just getting to play these games for a lot of these kids is so big. Mm -hmm. And I know that's what Cody talked about in the interview that we just had about winter sports even. You know, they, 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 they talked about they want to make sure that they can finish a season, but they're not going to work backwards. You know, it's not – I mean, look at the situation that we're in right now. It's been fluid, and we've talked about that, that weird that, – that situation, that weird word fluid or nimble, as Cody said, um, how it's just flexible, how, how this has changed day by day. And it, like, I, I look at retrospect, and I think over and over again just – how much it has changed day by day. When you, it, I think it's, I think we all kind of get lost in how crazy everything has gotten because it's gotten so crazy. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think like what Eric, kind of what Eric Tunney said in that one story. You know, he's like, "Why wouldn't the end of this season be crazy? Because everything else this year has been crazy." So, I mean, just what you get is what you're going to get, and you got to make the most of that and deal with it. Yeah. Now I, I want to talk about a situation that we have, and I, I think it's kind of a, you know, it's kind of a crappy situation, and it's just the way that it worked out. But um, I, we, we kind of brought it up in the interview with Cody. But the the Kingsley situation, we know we had Kingsley, who obviously had a fantastic regular season, was running through the playoffs. Uh, you know, they were twelve and one last year. We had pretty big hopes for them, and just before their final game, uh, you know, coaches come down with COVID, and the team gets quarantined. They have to forfeit the game. Two days later, everybody else is put on hold. You know what I mean? I feel like obviously that stinks for them that they had to forfeit the game two weeks before they probably would have had the time to recover and then say play said game, say two, three weeks from now. Obviously, it would be a whole week behind in the playoffs. But what about those types of situations has made it difficult for athletes in this, you know, COVID environment? I mean, it's, a, it's obviously a difficult thing for those kids, you know, and much the same thing happened to Leland Volleyball. You know, uh, if they had not had to, to forfeit their game to Misik in the regional final, in all likelihood, they'd still be playing and still preparing to continue their season and hopefully have a shot at getting back to Battle Creek again. That just didn't happen. I mean, there's nothing you can do to change it. You, you know, people can complain all they want about it, but it is what it is, which is the, the quote that we hate coaches to say. <laughs> but it, it, it really is what it is, and there's not, you're not going to change it. So, you know, I think you got to move forward with what you can get. And I think we knew that there was going to be some teams in the finals that would maybe not be teams that would be in the finals in a normal season and teams that maybe should be there that might not be there because of this when it happened. Um, unfortunately, it's a couple of the teams that we cover, but you kind of saw this coming on some scale. You hoped it wouldn't happen, but it did. Yeah. And I asked this question to Mark Ewell in the – MHSAA's press conference the Monday after everything got canceled. You know, I said, how fair is, is it fair to be starting playoffs three weeks after teams have to forfeit district finals because of COVID cases when they likely would have been able to play three weeks later? He didn't really have an answer for it, but he said that, you know, 95% of their teams were able to play if they were able to play. So are we talking about a small set of teams? Maybe. But at the but the same like they're the teams that we thought were gonna win, you know. Yeah, I mean I can understand why he wouldn't because I mean it's gonna be hard enough for them to squeeze this in. Yeah. 
as it is. And to to do that, to allow like a Kingsley football to replay its game against Reed City or a Leland volleyball to replay their regional final against Misik is going to add another week onto the season that yeah. they don't have. At all. At all. And I think that's one of the things that I, I hate to put it like this, but that is just crappy look. You know, that, that it's 48 hours or even 36 hours for Kingsley football. It was, I mean, what, a 7 o'clock football game Friday, 1 o'clock on Sunday. They're, you know, they're announcing that everybody's getting postponed. 36 hours makes a difference between possibly, you know, continuing or not. Obviously, we feel for everybody who's been involved in those outbreaks. We hope that everybody's doing okay. It has nothing, it, you know, it's not more important than um, the sports themselves. And that's what Cody reiterated, you know, is a lot of people still are losing sight that this is about public health. And I think even us as sports writers sometimes lose that sight a little bit when it comes to, you know, covering mm-hmm. – covering the teams that we have and trying to, you know, even just have them will their way deeper and deeper into the postseason or even just continue to play. It's going to be still, it's, I mean, it's been an experimental situation from the start. I, I tried to pull a lot of parallels between, you know, say the first shutdown of sports and this shutdown of sports with athletes, with coaches, and the only parallels is that everybody can't see each other again. Other than that, it's still a completely different situation than it was last winter or, you know, last spring or even this fall when they postponed football for the first four or five weeks, you know, or three weeks. And then they let everything else go. Like it's just been such a fluid and flexible situation that the the situation that we're currently in, I figured it would might be a bit easier on everybody, but I don't think that it is. Everybody is cautious. As we said, everybody is pretty optimistic that this is going to happen. And I, I feel I feel like everybody, if they take their proper steps, and one thing we didn't ask Cody, but I, I wanted to bring up with you guys, was just like, you know, we're doing this whole Thanksgiving holiday. Two weeks after that is when we're supposed to return. Like, it's getting harder and harder to see the light at the end of the tunnel once again. And, I mean, last time I was ultra-pessimistic on this podcast, right, and it ended up working out somewhat in our favor. We got fall sports. We got stuff started. We had football, which I said I'd, I didn't even think we'd be having this conversation, you know, in late November um, even if it was about postponements, I didn't think we were going to have be having conversations about football at all this year. So I, yeah, back in August we were talking about what sports were safe to play. Yeah, and that's the we thing. were talking about if it was cool to have a soccer season and not a football season. We, we that's what we were talking about then. Yeah, and I just I, that's what I'm saying is I just find it, I I didn't really think that football was going to happen. So when I I kind of want to answer the question that I brought I was like it's something better than nothing. I personally, you know, in my personal life, whatever, I never want to start something I can't finish. But when it comes to something like this, it's like. Lord, they need every chance they can get. I mean, I've talked to these kids and like they're basically being relegated to seeing one or two friends and like going to somebody's at home gym or just like, you know, a quarterback, a wide receiver going to the park and throwing a football for two hours. It's just it, it it's there, but it's nothing that is beneficial. So I know that these few weeks in this lockdown have to has to be pretty hard on these athletes, not even just with keeping their bodies in shape, but staying on top of the game. I mean, we, we know how mentally taxing this has been for our athletes and we've talked to plenty of people over the last few months this has to this has to hurt especially bad for a lot of those people it's, you know especially if you don't feel that there's a good chance that this is coming back yeah and I, th- I'm, I think maybe one positive that you can draw out of this is that uh you know high school sports are all supposed to be about teaching life lessons and skills in life um and the, the amount of flexibility and fluidity and having to adapt to things that athletes and coaches have had to do this year hopefully becomes a life skill that these kids pick up and can do that in life because you're going to have to i mean, this is probably a little bit too humorous for the situation or maybe it's just too soon but i can guarantee you that the mhsaa will have pandemic protocol after this 
<laughs> uh, and there's a positive. I mean, all of our sporting leagues, at the very least, I would like to think that, you know, anybody always says that something like this could obviously, I mean, it just happened. We're in 2020 and we're in the middle of a pandemic. So it obviously could happen again in whatever way, shape, or form. But uh, at the very least, no matter how hard this long road has been through high school, pro, all these sports, not even just with, you know, sports, but with companies, I feel like everybody kind of got a kick in the butt and has a, uh, you know, might be a little bit more prepared and on top for something like this in the future. Maybe we would react a little bit differently, you know, sometime in the future if we had some more protocols in place and it wasn't such a quote-unquote flexid and fluid, fluid situation. That segment sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Jimmy John spends six hours slicing and baking every day to make you a 30-second sandwich. Freaky fresh, freaky fast, Jimmy John's, freak yeah. That means we're going to dive into our athlete interview for our episode 150. Trevor City Central senior lineman Carson Briggs. He's headed off to Western Michigan next year to continue his college football career and is hoping with all of his might to get the rest of his senior season in with the Trojans. They are looking at a matchup in the quarterfinals with North Farmington uh, coming up hopefully on December 15th. So let's go ahead and give a listen to that interview now. The Get Around Podcast is extremely excited to welcome in Trevor City Central Trojan, Carson Briggs. Thank you so much for joining us in our first ever super virtual Get Around interview. Yeah, thank you for having me. As we know, we usually start off with our Freaky Fast Five and nod to our sponsors at Jimmy John's. So we're going to go ahead and dive into those real quick. Carson, first question, what is one item that is always in your refrigerator? Chocolate milk or white milk, always. You have to pick two celebrities to be your parents. Who are they? Probably The Rock and Megan Fox. Solid. I like uh, Transformers. Who on the uh, offensive line is the biggest eater? Probably Keegan Opper. Yeah? Yeah, he likes to eat a lot. Anything in particular? All the linemen get together and we go to Asian Buffet. You know where that is in Traverse City. And oh, yeah. Yeah, we go there and we, we put a good hurting on, there, on their food there. <laughs> How many trays do you start with? Um, oh, we each probably start with one or two and then keep working from there how many is the most you've ever gotten me personally or like all of us together uh you personally are the most you've seen a person do keegan will probably get like six helpings i would say i, I can do like four on a good day oh my gosh that's what that's what they call some caloric <laughs> intake now are you a cat or dog person dog for sure dog what, what's your favorite type of dog um probably german shepherd i think we got one more after all these follow-ups i've probably made 14 uh, what's your go-to food at a, at a buffet? Probably my favorite food's probably sushi. So Asian buffet, I get sushi. That's always the best because they have 14 times. Yeah. I'm going to go away from the yeah. buffet question because I still want to ask this. Do you believe in Bigfoot? I don't know. Maybe there's something out there, but I've never seen it or encountered it. Are you a see until you be- or you have to see to believe type? Yeah. Okay, okay. Well, that was the Freaky Fast Five, a nod to our sponsor at Jimmy John's. Get to know Carson a little bit. Let's dive into more questions about this season and the upcoming seasons. I want to start where we are in football. Obviously, we're in the middle of another shutdown. You had basically the first half of your senior season taken away, and now you're in the middle of a playoff run, headed into quarterfinals, and here we are again. Uh, do you think that the early you know, season troubles kind of prepared you guys for this stoppage in a better way than you were maybe the first time? I don't know. I mean, we at, when we got shut down, a lot of our players, we all would get together, like, without coaches or anything, and we'd just go over plays, and we would just rep out anything that we could do. And I think, like, going into week one, I mean, we were still, like, almost like it was week four, wherever we were starting off again. So I think that helped us out a lot. But 
I don't know. It's hard to tell because playing a game is a lot different and like being in practice is a lot different than just a bunch of guys getting together and throwing the football around. I mean, with the potential start date or restart date of December 9th that is still, you know, sitting there looming. I know I talked to Coach Sugars, and he said that's how you guys are preparing, that that's where you guys are starting at. What is the prospect in your eyes like to play that December football, uh, you know, maybe December 15th in, the, in possibly some deep snow and uh, um, some cold weather? I'm pumped. I, I look forward to it because I've never gotten to play in a snow game before. So I'm hoping there is some snow on the ground because I really want to play in the snow just to see what it's like, but yeah. Wow, I kind of find that hard to believe that there's never been snow on the ground for a football game for a Traverse City player. <laughs> yeah, this well, this is the farthest I've ever made it in the playoffs for football, so this is it's fun. Okay, awesome, awesome. Now, you guys obviously have a lot of time to prepare, at least for this uh, next game. It's a quarterfinals. What does the not being able to prepare in person do comparatively to how you are kind of isolated from each other doing zoom calls doing team meetings like that what's the difference in the preparation for a game you just got to stay focused really i think that's just the biggest thing is just like just to try and keep your mind right on it just because like it's hard just to like be like oh we still have two more weeks or oh we still have another week like just trying to keep your mind right and just keep focused on the task ahead is probably the biggest thing What's your uh, what's your favorite like brain game or focus activity to kind of keep yourself going? I know I know Coach Sugars told me that that's one of the hardest challenges is with you guys doing online learning all the time, just kind of staying you know focused and being in front of a computer all day. It's tough. What's your best way to kind of keep your mind uh, on top of things? I have a good friend that's on the football team. He lives pretty close, and him and I hot tub pretty regularly. And I think that honestly helps me a lot just to sitting there for a while and just relax and just get your mind off everything that's happening. Um, so North Farmington got a forfeit in their last game because of a uh, COVID outbreak in South Lyon. So they've been off even a week longer than you. Do you think that, how much do you think that will negatively impact them? I think it'll have a big impact. I mean, I don't know. I'm sure their coaches are doing probably the same thing our coaches are. and They're getting their team together, but they haven't, I don't know when the last time they practiced, but they're like on the game on the game day, they'll be at like five and a half weeks off and we'll be at like three. So I think that, I mean, it, it could, it could play a part depending on how they, how they look at it. Just, we, we kind of did a story on this this past weekend and I was asking on Twitter, but just as a player, how optimistic are you that, you know, that December 9th start date is what you guys are looking at and this football season will be finished by the first of the year? I don't know. I'm hopeful. I, I, this is my senior year, so I really want to play and I'm, Glad they set a date because I feel like that's more like it's more helping it like get to that point. Like last time they didn't set a date. So everyone kind of just was like, all right, we're playing in the spring. But this time they set a date. So I feel like it's probably I think it's most likely going to happen. You mentioned the spring. I brought this up with one of your teammates. What what would the prospect of possibly finishing the season in the spring look like for a football team? maybe taking not even just three weeks, but a few months off, possibly even doing a whole basketball season in between before you were able to finish. Is that something that uh, has crossed your mind or something that you guys would be open to no matter the circumstance just to finish the season? Yeah, I think that I think that all of our guys are super devoted, and I think that we just want to finish the season. And, all, like, this is probably the best, like, team chemistry I've had on a team out of, like, all my high school career. And I think that, like, all of our guys would say that they just want to finish the season no matter what it takes. How different is it going to be starting basketball in January instead of, you know, uh, early December? I don't know. I try not to think about it because I, I like football so much. But, I mean, 
yeah, it's going to be a little weird because, I mean, normally we're already doing conditioning for basketball. Like, I mean, last year at this time I was doing conditioning for basketball. So just to think that you're starting like a month and a half later is crazy. It's kind of hard to wrap your head around. You know, when I talked to coaches, uh, I think last Sunday, they said that of the 64 teams that are left in the football playoffs, all of them have a trophy. Does it does it make you feel better, at least that you guys won your uh, district and that was all gotten done, opposed to basketball where it was kind of suspended mid-district playoffs? Yeah, no, that that was like a really big thing for me just because like a senior, I just wanted to get some hardware and like basketball, like you said, basketball just got cut off. Like we got canceled the day of the district final, so it really felt good just to be able to get some hardware and be able to have something to show for all the work you put in. Can you describe what that Midland game was like? Because uh, you guys kind of enacted the super mercy rule against Swartz Creek, and there weren't really many close games for the Trojans before that. Yeah, it was cold. It was a lot colder game than what we all thought it was going to be, I think. I mean, we just we just kept fighting, and we had some rough patches where they came out, and they were ready to play just as we thought they would be. And, yeah, I mean, we were both just two teams fighting. I mean, Josh had, like, what, 325 yards of all-purpose? In that game? Yeah, something crazy like that. How big has he been for you guys' offense? I mean, we talk all the time about, oh, he's got an offer from Alabama, oh, he's got an offer from Ohio State, Michigan, everywhere in the country. But how much does he help you as a, as a teammate? Um, he's good. He he always is positive no matter what happens. He's always keeping the team pumped up. And I, I think his leadership is great for the team and how he acts and plays is a super big part of our team. I wanted to ask you, um, I know you, you mentioned about taking some time off, and you know, I talked to Coach you know, Doug Glee this past week, and he said it's really tough to take this time off in the middle of a season you know, and, and kind of keep your, your muscles where they were in kind of like postseason or midseason form. Uh, but he, he mentioned to me the, the Coach Me app that he says all you guys use and kind of like prescribes workouts to you guys. How much has that helped you as a student athlete kind of having somebody not only – prepare workouts for you but stay on top of you when you're not actually there in person i think that's i mean it's huge and i think that our weight program is second to none i mean we have all the newest technology and coach glee always keeps us up with that and so we do like our online classes and we'll do like yoga or something but then you'll send out another whole exercise that we can do and if you have workout if you have workout equipment like a swat rack and everything he'll send you stuff you can do for that and if you can he'll send you body weight workouts and he'll send you he sends us videos for running and how much running we should do and everything so i mean he just just keeps us up to shape and i don't know i think it's a huge part because even during the first quarantine we're all still running and still doing everything that we could do just to keep in shape and be ready to play how much have you guys been able to to get together on Zoom or however you're doing it and, and break down film of Farmington? We just had a meeting like right before this, and then the last time we met was the day that they shut us down. So we've been on like twice, but I'm sure since we have a date and stuff, we'll start picking up more and start getting back into it. Do you, What type of equipment do you have at home to work out with? Do you have like a full weight set or anything like that? Or what's the weirdest thing that you've had to use to kind of like – get your body in shape uh, without having the proper, you know, weight room like you do at Traverse City Central? Yeah, so for me, I just, I, last week I went online and I bought a squat rack and I, my dad and I just built it. So that's what I have. I have a squat rack, a bench, and then I got some wood and made a platform so I can do every workout that we could at the school. But I mean, I don't know, just doing like body weight stuff in your basement, I'm sure is kind of weird. Just 
down there by yourself or something, just sitting there doing air squats. But that's that's probably the weirdest thing for me. The idea of playing football on a Tuesday night and the state championship on a Monday night uh, for Division Two, how crazy is that? You know, Monday night football in the NFL field. That's going to be crazy. I, I haven't really thought too much about it yet, but now that you bring it up, it's kind of uh, kind of crazy. I, I want to talk a little bit about the basketball season. Uh, you guys are going to be coming in. It's, I feel like it's going to be kind of a shotgun start for you guys. You're going to have a new coach, uh, kind of a new field team. What's you know what's that going to be like with not being able to get together or practice for? Because I mean, normally the the weeks before Christmas are kind of like that non conference, feel it out, do a Christmas tournament, and then January hits and you're in Big North Conference play. But you're going to hit January with a new coach, a new team, a new look. What's that kind of been going on in your head like? It's crazy. And another thing that I talk about with a bunch of the football guys that play basketball too is like last year, all but like two or three guys on our on our basketball team all played football. So if we're all still playing football, then I don't know what the basketball team's going to look like. And in our basketball coach um coach draper the new guy he always tells us like just keep like playing football and don't worry about it but like at the same time you're what's the basketball team gonna look like if they have to go play a game with however many guys they can take and then have the football guys come back in the middle of season or whenever we can come back is there is there any chance that uh tyler can come back this season for basketball sadly i don't think so i mean i know he started pt and he just has started been able to get up driving again but i don't think that his like he's going to be able to start running on it until like the spring because it was like they said that if his if his meniscus was like a, a slight percentage of it tore then he could probably come back for basketball but he had like an over 80 percent of it was tore so it was it was pretty bad now, I want to ask you about the offensive line there over at Traverse City Central before we get out of here. You've been anchor on there for the last couple of years, and uh, you know, being that senior leader, I know I've, I'm pretty sure you're the biggest kid on the line. But what what has it been like having the skill guys that you have with not just Josh, but I mean Austin Bills has some crazy feet in the backfield. Carson Bordeaux, you know, has some you know really quick feet. You got a lot of good skill players, and every time we talk to them, they always come back and say, "Hey, it's my offensive line." What, what's it? What's that unit been working like this year to get those guys those chances? and score what 60 points a game yeah I think I think our offensive line has super good chemistry I mean I'm the only senior on it and all the juniors they all are super good friends and they've kind of looked up to me and I like I mean I look up to them too I mean they help me out as much as I can help them and I think that we just do great and we just go out and play like we can now, I just want to ask, what's, uh, what's your favorite thing about being in the trenches, being one of those uh, meat pushers on the line and just kind of uh, be, being uh, the, the one that has been there for the last few years? Just going out and playing with the guys because, I mean, just the offensive line, I feel like it, we just have such a special group this year. That's probably going to be the thing I miss the most is just, just those guys because they just, they're just have such good character and they just are so funny to be around. And I just I love them. They're, they're my brothers. But I mean, I, I do want to ask you about that because uh, you are going to Western Michigan, uh, yeah. Correct. Yeah. So I mean, what what was that? What was that process like going to Division One? Um, and I mean, how excited are you, regardless of not being able to finish this year? I mean, how excited are you for the pro- prospect of college football? Um, I'm super pumped. I'm so ready to. I mean, I, I love high school ball, but I'm ready to play college ball too. And I I don't know. I'm just ready to take the next step in my life and uh, and get down there to ready to play. I'm just super excited about it. I'm sure that it, even though that, like you said, you got a little hardware this season, knowing that there is a football future for you has kind of made maybe all of this stoppage and all this 
cancellation, everything, maybe a little bit easier knowing that it's not just the end of the road. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. All righty, Carson. Well, we thank you so much for joining us here at the Get Around for episode 150. It was a pleasure talking to you, and we seriously hope and wish you the best with the Trojans in the quarterfinals and hope to see you back on the field for the 15th. Yeah, thanks for having me. Another huge thank you to Carson for joining us here at the Get Around uh, for episode 150. Wish him the best of luck and the Trojans, hopefully in the playoffs and out at Western Michigan. That interview is sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Jimmy John's is freaks about fresh meat, bread, and veggies because that means better sandwiches for all. Freaky fresh, freaky fast, Jimmy John's freak yeah. We got one more segment to get in today, gentlemen, and that is our trifecta. It is Thanksgiving week. We are here to grace your ears for the family holiday for hopefully maybe your trips home if you're making a, a trip. I'm Stay safe. Um, you know, uh, whatever it may be, hope you're listening to us. We are going to dive in on the trend as always and tell you what we are thankful for, for this week's trifecta. I know it can be a deep, dark time right now. Families are being told to stay apart, but thank God we have this virtual platform to tell you guys what we're thankful for. Does anybody want to go first? I'm I'm thankful that we, uh, have a 50% chance or so of having sports in a couple of weeks. Sports to cover. I mean, I didn't know that this, I didn't think this was going to be that much of a chance even at a lot of points. So, uh, you know, and it's, this is what we love to do. And uh, it's, it's not easy to have that taken away from you. I mean, it's, it's worse for the kids and the coaches and all that stuff like that. But, you know, it's not easy on us either. So being able to get back into that groove and do that is something that I'm really, really looking forward to. Yeah. I mean, just that time off during the summer, and then it's almost like these kids did. We got a little bit of a tease of what real life is like again. And here we are again. Um, Andrew, what are you thankful for in 2020? I know it's been a rough year. you got to really dig deep. Yeah. I'm thankful for the fact that stuff got canceled, and I've been, I'm, I'm, around, I'm allowed to be around a zoo of dogs i mean we're living with three of them now my dog tanny and uh our two dogs uh, casper and foley they've gotten really really big since i last saw them and uh i'm thankful that i get to spend uh my brother's 21st with him and have thanksgiving dinner with my family as weird as it is and not in an apartment in traverse city yeah just to let people know andrew is doing this remotely from the uh outskirts of chicago and his mom's fifth grade classroom and I haven't yeah. left my house, and actually, I probably won't leave my house. We actually had three guests on this week's podcast because uh, Sharon Rosenthal made an appearance, an unscheduled appearance. <laughs> uh, that we may put in like an extended outcut. I hope you don't. I, I, I hope you don't. Uh, I don't know that we will, but shout out to Sharon Rosenthal, Andrew's mom, for uh, making our day here at uh, episode 150. I'm thankful for Sharon for giving me some laughs. Uh, you know, she... <laughs> She, she really reminded me, once again, um, you know, I'm really thankful for my family's health. Uh, my mom's in the hospital right now, getting back surgery, getting fixed up. This is supposed to set her right for the future. You know, it's supposed to actually hopefully be the last of, you know, a couple that have been a, a big, long road. My grandma's still with us. I've been fortunate enough not to have anybody in my family pass away from COVID or anything like that. Every scare that's happened, you know, with the people I know has been, 
you know, uh, mild or has not turned out terribly. So I don't want to forget all those people. I'm, I'm just very thankful that, you know, I haven't been, you know, very personally affected by this, this pandemic when it comes to, you know, either me getting it or anything like that. Um, but my family's health has been, you know, paramount through all this. And, you know, this year has been tough, mental health, everything like that, just trying to get through, um, just staying in contact with them and being able to have that back and forth during this time has been awesome. Uh, I mean, I'm thankful for mm -hmm. a lot of other things, but especially in this time with my mom being in the hospital, that's always what permeates my mind. James brings up a bunch of good points. And I, I just, I, we can't, I don't think we can understate how thankful we are to all of our Audible viewers who continually come back and listen to this podcast no matter how dumb we are or how stupid we get or you and know we usually are dumb and yeah <laughs> how much we yell at each other or how much i probably just talk your ears off we really 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 do appreciate every minute that you guys spend with us every time you guys tune in we enjoy doing this for you and and we hope that you enjoy it i know that we enjoy having our uh, athletes on we, i mean it's a great week to do episode 150 because we can kind of reflect and be thankful for 150 episodes of a hyper-local sports podcast for high school sports in northern Michigan. Just me having to put that many words into it makes you just know that like, we have a very special group of you know followers and listeners who, who really do. Yeah, have... we've had 100, 150 weeks of high school athletes and state champions and uh and the school administrators and i mean professional think, athletes think all those stories that we've been able to tell on this podcast and and we thank each one of those coaches you know each one of our guests i wish i could re read through all whatever probably 170 of them because we've had doubles here and there I, I wish we could thank everybody individually for making this podcast what it has and what it still is uh we still like we said we're sitting here on a thousand miles away on facetime and masked up and in a jail room away from each other so we can still bring this to you because this is something that we, we've always felt, um, you know, you guys like, and we, we have a good way to connect with you guys. So we really, I, I at least, I know these guys feel the same, but I'm, I'm the host here and I always talk too much, but I just wanted to make sure you guys knew that we are really thankful for you guys tuning in and always, uh, you know, giving us a little bit of love. We enjoy interacting with you guys and, uh, you know, chatting with our athletes. I mean, do you guys have anything else to say you want to say to our Audible viewers? I'm, I'm making them tear up. That's it. I'm just looking to have a good thanksgiving you know? <laughs> i just need to get fat i gotta make a meal at my own house this year because uh you know we're just bringing my mom up for for thanksgiving that's it because she's been you know isolated for two weeks well, well more than two weeks yeah took nine months so, but uh so you know it's safe i think to go get her and bring her up here and uh and and we're not able to do it with the rest of our family because we have three people who currently have covid yeah so so you know, prayers up to they get better and Prayers up to anybody whose family or family members may be experiencing this. Anything type of wrench that might be thrown in your holiday season, I know it is not easy to deal with. Traditions are not meant to be broken. Uh, but this is a tough one for all of us this year. We ask that you stay safe, stay healthy, get fat this week, enjoy a little bit of Thanksgiving dinner. Um, and we will see you next week for episode 151 of the Get Around Podcast. And if you have any tips for how to cook a turkey, let me know. <laughs> Don't fry it. I hate fried turkey. That's episode 150. Don't forget to like, share, retweet, comment, and tell us what you're thankful for to win four subs for Jimmy John's next week. Follow us on Twitter at JamesCook14, at ByAndrewR, and at JakeAtnip. That's been 150. It's been a fantastic three years. Let's have three more. Thank you. Have a good one.